Abun de Boschmaya Nitkadashma Te te malkuta Nehwe sebiana Aikana de Boschmaya Af baraha Hablam lachma de sunkanan yaumana Washpoklan haubain Waktahain Ai Kanadaf Khan Shpokan Habain Ula Dahlan Nesiuna Ela Patsan Min Bisha Amen. Our One Absolute Eternal Being of which we are born forth from the realm of the all and the only. I am empty within the awe of your presence and the purity of your name. Empower my creative beingness through your expansion from the ever-present realm as I realize our strength and virtue as one. On the manifest earth as in the unmanifest realm, Provide the nourishment of your insight and realization through me and in every present moment. Release my hidden past as I cancel my past concerns with others. Do not let me lose my true self in forgetfulness, but wholly release me from the errors of my perception. For thy realm is the absolute, the all, and the only and our strength of virtue and magnificence. From cosmic gathering to cosmic gathering, from age to age, may these be the rooted earth from which all of my actions flow. Amen. Holy Spirit within me, living in wholeness, moving in joy and love, I surrender to your will. Bring the radiance of your light into my heart and mind. Merge with me to manifest your will upon the earth. Make me a conduit of your infinite knowledge. Amen. Hello and welcome back to the God-Led Mystics Podcast. I am your guide and host, Reverend Rose, here to wish you a very happy solstice. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, where I live, We are in the winter solstice, which is the beginning of a ceremonial new year for our indigenous. For those who are new here, I am trained under the star altar lineage, which was birthed through Chief Golden Light Eagle, a Lakota Sundance chief. While Chief told us that the star altar is of the stars, that it has no culture because of who Chief was. His culture informed this practice very heavily. So in the star altar lineage, which includes the 1111 and the 1212 star laws, we are sort of trained under the ceremonial practices of the Lakota. The way that the 1111 and the 1212 and the 1313 was born was through 
daily sweats chief and four other elders would go into lodge and sweat channeling this information from their the orion star elders i want to emphasize here that chief says that it is called star altar and star law for a reason because it knows no human culture it is of the stars and it is of all people. So while we honor and give deep gratitude and reverence to the culture that Chief held within his lineage, I want to remind you that if you choose to start working with the 1111, the 1212, the 1313, or even the Star Altar Reiki lineage, that you are entering into a micro, excuse me, a macrocosmic relationship to the universe at large. In the Lakota tradition, the winter solstice is the new year. I know there's a lot of speculation or a lot of conversation about how the spring equinox is the new year. But to me, that is just not right. The winter solstice is the return of the light. Our shortest night is the night before. The winter solstice is a reminder that the sun is coming back home, that our time is lengthening. Therefore, the winter solstice would become the ceremonial new year because we're preparing our seeds. For the indigenous of Turtle Island, the winter solstice is considered the new year because we go within at fall and come winter, we begin to prepare the seeds that we're going to sprout. This is often the time where our elders would choose the seeds of consciousness that they are bringing full circle into the spring equinox. The spring equinox usually indicates the time where things are planted. More often than not, seeds are prepared, germinated, and then planted once they have been prepared. So it would not make any sense to me to not honor the winter solstice as the beginning of the new year. The light has returned. Our consciousness is growing. It is an opportunity for us to begin considering what it is that we desire for this new year and where we are going. That said, you can use today as an opportunity to set the intention for what this new year will look for you. I don't go by man's calendar or what we might call the Roman calendar. Everything, oh, maybe I shouldn't say everything. Is that, is that blasphemous? <laughs> Most of the things that we have in our world today is based on Rome. So our calendar, the Gregorian calendar, is based on a Roman archetype. 
excuse me, in a Roman creation. The church is the Roman church. The laws that we have here in the United States and most of the world based on marine admiralty laws are Roman in general. So I really prefer to go by Earth and by Earth's calendar. Following the 1111, the 1212, and the 1313 laws create what's called the Earth Star Calendar. The Earth Star Calendar is simply the alignment of the sun and moon at all times. The Earth naturally creates a calendar, but, you know, Rome needed Earth to be on its time, <laughs> not on Earth's time, and so thus the Gregorian calendar was born. Uh, for those of you who don't know how the Gregorian calendar was born, it was based on Easter, um, and the Roman Catholic Church wanted Easter, I believe, to fall um, in alignment with the spring equinox, or around the spring equinox. So uh, the Gregorian calendar, you know, was created so that their rituals would be in alignment with um, what they thought was appropriate. Suddenly I'm rusty. I believe they wanted it to fall after the spring equinox because, of course, they want, you know, the rising of the sun to come after, I believe. <clears throat> it's been a little bit since I studied the Gregorian calendar. <laughs> uh, but originally when I began my rabbit hole with true sky astrology, it really started with, um, it really started with the, um, the Gregorian calendar, and the tropical paradigm. So anyway, the point is, is that the Earth creates her own beautiful calendar that we can choose to align ourselves with. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are in the, you know, the space of rebirth, the cycle of rebirth. Winter is the time for rebirthing and coming back into oneself. And so, um, I would love to learn more about the traditions of Yule, that that is where my ancestors, you know, descend from, and I am a Life Path 8. If you are a Life Path 8, it is suggested that you follow the Wheel of the Year. I do as best as I can, but I'm interested in understanding the 12 Nights of Yule, and of course I've been listening to... Um, Christmas music on the radio. We have a local radio station where I live, which is really fantastic. Um, and there's, you know, the song, Oh Christmas Tree, uh, which is, if you listen to the lyrics of Oh Christmas Tree, you realize how pagan-oriented um, or Yule-oriented Christmas really is, right? Because the lyrics of Oh Christmas Tree um, say something along the lines of, you know, how magnificent you are, your leaves are green in summer and green in the dead of winter, basically. Um, and we can understand then that the 
winter solstice and the celebration of what we might call Christmas even is a celebration of life, a celebration of continued renewal and rebirth. Um, and it's so funny, I saw, I saw a comment on Instagram the other day that said something like, Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Christ, and yes, this is what we are taught, but it's not necessarily true. Um, most of you know that, I'm sure. Um, but it is, you know, a rebirthing ceremony. It is, it is a, it is a celebration of life, and there are ideas or thoughts or beliefs that seem to suggest that, you know, Christmas is even related to the Roman, before the Roman church, um, this would, would have been related to Saturnalia, which is a Roman festival where, um, it's kind of like a harvest festival, and again, I'm totally butchering this, um, I'm thinking of... <laughs> A student and friend and <laughs> wonderful um, archaeologist of the Roman Empire <laughs> who knows way more about Saturnalia than I do. But from my understanding, you know, this was a merriment festival um, and <clears throat> it included drinking a lot, partying a lot pretty much getting, you know, messed up. And I believe that roles were reversed at this time too, but, you know, you can look into this. Anyway, the other point is that from another standpoint, we can recognize this time as related to the mushroom and um, <clears throat> the, the act of merriment is like a form of ecstasy for us, a rebirthing and an allowance of, um, you know, the, just the ability to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Fall can be very drab and of course so can winter depending on, you know, if you live in a very snowy place. Um, here, we live in a remote part of Northern California, and it gets pretty freaking cold, but nothing like when I lived in Maine, obviously. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. I don't know why I went down that rabbit hole, but <laughs> here I am, coming full circle. <laughs> okay, so going back to what I was saying, you know, we can honor the Earth Star, the Earth Star calendar. And I actually think that it's imperative that we do. Um, you know, women have um, a different cycle than men do. But even so, it's really important that we tune in to what's happening. That's precisely why, you know, RJ and I have been consistent in creating the new moon and full moon podcasts because the lunar phases are a part of the 1111. So the 1212 in the universal and spiritual star laws are solar ceremonies. It's based on the eight legs of the spider. The 1212 is considered to be governed by high spider. 
And high spider is the cosmic web of all life. So if we consider what the sun really is in its, you know, its experience as being human, it's a supercomputer for us. It is a technology that tells us where we are in the seasons, in the shifting of the ages. It tells us what kind of energetics we're under. Of course, we know that when we have solar flares or solar flashes, um, we are affected. The sun is basically our ultimate supercomputer for consciousness on this planet. Um, and the moon is kind of like the subconscious supercomputer. <laughs> Maybe supercomputer is not. It might be considered more like a processor. Um, the moon will begin to reveal um, where we are responding from our reactions. And so the moon's effects are a little more subtle and they're much more internal and they're really based on um, our relationship to ourselves. In the 12-12 star laws, the winter solstice is the first leg of the spider. This is considered the basically the beginning point for working with high spider. The 12-12, excuse me, the, um, the law that's activated is the spiritual attunement and star activation. So this basically begins our attunement with the, um, with the 1212 ceremonies. So from the 1212, I'll read you the spiritual attunement and star activation. The first leg of the sacred spider is the law of attunement. Attunement is radical realignment with creator. Fires of attunement baptize, rebirth. It is through fires unceasing the soul ascends freedom's path. Becoming a star is waking up to spirit. As two-legged, remember consciousness being awake and the spirit, star activation enkindles the soul. Humans have forgotten the way of relationship and are suffering from unconscious lives. To wake up, pray. Prayer is the balm to the spirit and clears karmic air. Winged ones remember the science, the art, and the ceremony of rebirth. Through the fire, all sins are washed. Through the power of red, all things are cleansed and made over. A ceremony of attunement is a sacred initiation into higher life and greater service. Cardinal oversees the spirit of attunement, Holy Ghost, awakens that unconscious becomes conscious. Remember, within the seven stars, the chakras, awaken them in attunement and star and through star activation. And we also work with the seven sisters of the Pleiades. It says Pleiades is mother stars for many of Earth's people. Greetings. 
We are seven sisters, mothers of your world. Through the morning star, we send Mother Earth light, sound, energy of love and renewal. Through the ways of attunement, Pleiades is a cosmic cord binding Earth to infinity. Creator's seven stars are our service to you. Seven inner cords tie human chakras to Creator's song of reality. Each cord is umbilicus to rainbow realms. The root to the rose, the sacrum to the snake, the solar to Father Son, heart to Christ, throat to time, third eye to love, and crown to creator center pole. Awaken is the, is the way to freedom. As the petals unfold, a star is born of fragrant essences pulled in stellar dust within. Coalescing light of actions obtained. Chakras birth through inner lights. Attunement awakens the stars. So notice how the seven sisters say heart to Christ. At this time, we often think of Christ as Jesus Christ or Yeshua. But in fact, there have been many Christed beings who have come onto this planet, like Krishna or Kuan Yin or, um, oh my goodness, why can't I think of any more? <laughs> there have been so many. The Buddhas, the Bodhisattvas that we know, these are all Christed beings. There is not one single Christ. Yeshua was the Christ that came to initiate the age of Pisces. But heading into the age of Aquarius, all of us are remembering our Christ itself. This is a free will choice. We can either choose to remember our Christ itself or not. But the heart is in relationship to the Christ itself. And the Christ itself is really, you know, the God self. So there's emphasis here on the seven chakras, the seven wheels of light. Now... There are thousands of energetic centers that are available for all of us, but the seven major ones kind of oversee the minor ones. And these wheel of lights from, you know, the... <clears throat> some might say that um, the, this practice actually originated in Kemet, or what we call ancient Egypt. And then, of course, India uses the chakras. In Egypt, they're called the Aritu, um, and in, of course, in uh, Hindu mythology or Hindu, um, oh goodness, I can't find the word that seems correct, to the Hindu teachings, they are chakras. Many of us know them as chakras, and these chakras are wheels that encompass several different rays of the rainbow. We can use our chakras to connect to different um, divinities, but also to different rays of light. So, you know, the, uh, the root being the ruby ray, um, the sacral being, I like to call it the citrine ray. <laughs> I don't know if that's technically correct, but that's what I call it. 
Um, I relate the solar plexus to the golden ray, the heart being the emerald ray, the throat being um, the turquoise ray, the third eye being the indigo ray, or the amethyst ray is another word that I use for it. And then the crown to me is really um, the white ray or um, just the, the overall encompassing of God. So I'll move on. Anyway, um, I know I said I'll move on and then I used anyway, but <clears throat> working with the seven chakras and praying to awaken them to yourself is attunement to this cosmic frequency. So the final guardian of the 1212 of this spiritual law of attunement is sacred spider. It says, inside the body are many points of light, little stars visible to the spiritual realm. Each light of two legged is instrumental to the flow of time, energy accompanying all actions, thoughts, feelings. To be human is to walk the strings of time in this third dimension. The spider nation is witness to the light dynamics of human life, and we, by guidance of karma and laws of creator, repattern the web of human aura, body, and spirit to reflect divine nature. As a human relation, it is your responsibility to guide and develop your inner light. Focus on seven. The corpus colossum is the center of the mind. Connect the mind to all directions. The thymus is the center of the heart. From every flame the rainbow comes. The dantian is the center of movement and balance. The measure and umbilicus of hunabku. The huiyin is the center of the body. Connection of earth and breaths, cosmic orbit, up the back, down the front. The kopavi is the center of consciousness. The crown breathes the song, the stars. The medulla is the center of memory, remembrance and dream. Become one with past life and through dreams daily live on. The atlas is the center of thought becoming word. Allow gentle words to consume karmic debt. Seven light, seven axes, seven duties to law awaken humanity through attunement and activation. Sacred Spider sees many things in humanity. The ability to heal Earth's ills, the power to discipline the ego, the influence to talk to the stars. Through initiations of attunement, children awaken as masters and Buddhas and kings. Activating the self is the ceremony of life. Songs call spirit of initiation and spirits. Attune two-legged towards home. To walk in balance is to tune the chords of being. As cosmic strings resonate pure tone, creators smiles and sings. So... The 1111 ceremony, or excuse me, the 1212 ceremony for this, this solar cycle is really about attuning yourself to creator's frequency. And I think that makes a lot of sense when we consider 
what the winter solstice is really doing, which is bringing us back into light. This is a time for rebirth, and we rebirth through prayer. We rebirth through conscious breath. We rebirth through the ability to align ourselves with our spirit and our soul. The the 1212 really teaches us how to walk in spider's wisdom, how to walk in the cords of time, but also the, um, the, 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 the webs of fate. All cultures have a relationship to fate. And through certain actions, through certain decisions, and certain states of being, we choose who we are and what our fate is. I think that people often misunderstand what fate really is in certain ways. I think there are fixed periods of time or fixed events that happen in our life, but that we make certain decisions to bring certain events closer to us or push them away. When we choose to tune into the wisdom of the Earth Star, the Earth Star calendar, the solar cycles and the lunar cycles, we begin to live more deeply in tune with natural law. We've gotten too far off of natural law as humans. We eat foods that don't come from our place. We create artificial things that don't naturally exist in our home. And for some of us, that's fine, but it is better when we can be in alignment with what's natural here. I was listening to an elder speak the other day about strawberries. <laughs> and um, he is an elder from a tribe here in Northern California. And of course he says, you know, where I come from, we don't have strawberries in, in the winter. This is abnormal. And... Um, he was teaching about the three sisters and he taught us that it's actually four sisters. There are the three sisters that we plant, but the fourth sister is the most important and that is the sister that holds all of the living beings and the things that we eat, the water that we drink that existed before man started planting. He said that without the fourth sister, we will grow sick, we will grow um, disease, we will uh, create uh, discomfort in our bodies because we're forgetting our mother earth. We're forgetting the natural laws that govern our, our planet. And so um, the teaching is actually about the four sisters. And the fourth sister is the most important. We revolve the three sisters around her. So on this winter solstice, 
I invite you to remember the sacredness that exists around you. I invite you to reclaim the relationship to the earth. The light is returning. You can light a candle, you can build an altar, um, you can go outside and get solar codes. Um, these are very real things. I know some people on the internet like to make fun of the idea of solar codes, but the solar codes inform our whole body as to what to do. You know, this is why um, we need sun every day. The sun regulates our hormones. The sun regulates almost every function in our body. And when we choose to not align ourselves with the sun, I also think that's why we get sick. We live in a culture where we hustle and bustle and we say, <laughs> I don't know, maybe what I'm about to say is rude, but um, we don't allow ourselves to align or we don't live in a society that, that really honors that. It is totally abnormal for us to get up in the morning at dark and be home at dark, working the same hours. And I know for some of us that we might have a hard time shifting our reality to reflect these changes, but it is important for us to really consider how we can build our lives around these solar and lunar activations because they are ultimately governing our bodies. They are ultim ultimately governing our relationship to the earth. So I'm sending you lots of love. May you have a blessed winter solstice and um, we have the full moon basically coming up on Christmas. What an exciting time to be alive. <laughs> If you are celebrating Christmas this year with your family, then I would be interested to see what comes to light. But um, yeah, you'll learn more about our, uh, our forecast for the full moon with my episode with RJ. So, ta-ta for now, and I will be uploading... The 1111 Star Laws. We are under the, the moon of the buffalo. This is again the beginning of the ceremonial new year. <clears throat> Thank you, buffalo. Um, so you can catch that episode soon. Okay, sending you lots of love. <laughs>